Hello, it's chapter 22. A, I always try to think about, you know, athletes that I grew up with that wore this number. And I can't think of the person who wore 22. I know there was a Dallas football running back. I can't think of his name, Emmett Smith. And, you know, he's like basically one of the greatest running backs of all time. But it's a Emmett Smith edition of Anomaly, how to finally stand out from the crowd. Chapter 22, what is it? A wonderful name chapter, very original. Can't believe this is the actual name of the chapter. How to stand out. What a uniqueness by the man who wrote the book on being unique. How to stand out. If you want to stand out, <clears throat> oh yeah, I can't, I have to do this in my, um, should I do this in my broadcast voice or... Should I do this in my um, normal voice? I'll do it in my normal voice. If you want to stand out, you know, actually, as I read this, I just wanted to thank all of my teachers who told me I was a terrible reader and a terrible writer. Um, <clears throat> this is for you. Just kidding. If you want to stand out, you can't be like everyone else. And this is like in life and in general. That's being the anomaly. Think about a networking event. Remember when people were actually able to go to networking events, you know, that you would go to and everyone looks the same. How can someone be different at a place where every single person is the same? The answer, they cannot. Let's review some of the biggest brands and how they're an anomaly. Amazon is a leading e-commerce business in the world. One crucial feature to helping Amazon attain this status is the frequency in which a customer can receive a shipment. When a customer thinks about buying something on Amazon, they should think, they, they probably think, no, they, they do think, should I buy this thing on Amazon or should I drive to a different location and waste my time and money? I don't know. What, what, what would you do? What would you do if that happened? These customers have been trained to understand that if something isn't urgent, which what's urgent anymore, they can receive their package within a day or two. And sometimes even like within <clears throat> like hours, which is absolutely asinine. Amazon has gone even further. I love it when I read my book and then realize that like within seconds, I literally say the thing that I was thinking in my mind and then I read it. That's, that's what's happening right now. Amazon has gone even further to create two-hour delivery in many cities. Why would someone ever need to go to a store again with a service like that? Amazon is one of the major reasons why big box stores have closed. And it's because they've made it Uber. Did you know that Uber has two little dots over it? The you boop, boop. Uber convenient for others to get their packages and not have to lug them around. Pfft, gosh, you know, bring in those packages, you know, the, the groceries into your, your house. You don't even have to do that anymore. That's like pfft, asinine. I, that's asinine. I said it twice in, 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 in one chapter. Zappos, incredible company that still a lot of people don't know about, which was ironically purchased by Amazon, got its claim to fame by providing amazing customer service. Zappos sold shoes only, or things on your feet, I guess. Nothing too crazy, but their wild culture and customer service got customers to give them a double take, like a Aaron Rodgers discount double check, double take, you know, discount. No, bad joke. When Zappos delivered a package, customers would open up their package containing their purchase and find a handwritten card, extra socks, or an item that they were not expecting. Whew, that's amazing. Going that extra step can take a current customer and turn them into a raving fan. 
And that's exactly what Zappos has done. When hiring, Zappos offered their new employees cash to leave the business if they felt that Zappos wasn't a good fit for them. Like, think about that. That's ridiculous. Zappos cares about their employees and their customers and understands that if both parties are super pumped about Zappos, their brand grows. Zappos, their brand grows. Zappos CEO Tony Shea said Zappos is a customer service business that just happens to sell shoes. What about Chick-fil-A? When you step into one of their stores or drive through their drive throughs you're getting a similar process to other fast food restaurants. But when you go to the register, you can immediately tell that you're being treated with respect and care. When you dine at other fast food spots, what are the words that you associate with that establishment? So when you go to the Mac Shack or the BK Lounge, you know, what are the words associated with that? Oftentimes those words are not very positive, but more times than not your experience at the filet of chick it's one that is positive. It makes you want to come back over and over and over again. Chick-fil-A has mastered customer service and goes even further to show guests what a pleasure it is. See what I did there? What a pleasure it is to serve them. God, amazing. God, I'd like to give myself a little bit of credit there because actually I don't know that I actually wrote that. Could have been an edit. Who knows? But if I wrote that, if I actually wrote that, I'm going to give myself a lot of credit. And you know what? My name's on the, the cover, so that means I wrote it. When it yeah. <laughs> I make myself laugh sometimes. When a guest, you have to laugh in life. If you don't laugh in life, it's just not worth it, folks. When a guest says thank you, a team member of Chick-fil-A says, my pleasure. These two simple words help help Chick-fil-A show off their customer service skills and make the customer want to come back even if they had to wait in line for 30 minutes. If you want to play a little game next time you go to Chick-fil-A, see how many times you can get them to say my pleasure back. Right? Be like, oh, thank you so much. And they're going to, my pleasure. My pleasure, my pleasure. My record, 10. Is it wrong? I don't know, but it's fun. Why not do it more? Planet Fitness, a 24-7, what, well, some point they were 24-7. I don't know if they still are. Jim hyped to be the non-bro gym. Boast not having weightlifters throwing around weights and grunting. <clears throat> they even have a sign that says, literally, no grunting. I think it says, like, no grunting zone or something like that. Planet Fitness discovered their target customers don't like to go to other gyms because they feel embarrassed or ashamed that they don't measure up to the physiques of the members of the other gyms. Planet Fitness thus created an environment that is welcoming and different from other gyms on all fronts, even going as far as having a bold color scheme and bad food day. God, I love a good bad food day. Planet Fitness wants those who feel left out and uncomfortable at other gyms to walk in and feel great about their experience. Planet Planet fitness's unconventional stance makes it an anomaly while positioning the rest of the fitness world as fairly standard there you go like to uh this is this is this is my favorite part of the chapter of course in the 1990s vincent kennedy mcmahon jr i think that's his name vince mcmahon jr took over his father's business world wrestling entertainment formerly wwwf and wwf wrestling in its existence was broken into territories, a series of small promotions tied to a geographical area. WWE owned a territory in the Northeast corridor of the United States. McMahon was ready to spice this up and acquire territories and build one mega brand, which is what people know as WWE today. Yes, I'm 36 years old and have watched wrestling in 2020. 
and even September of 2020. McMahon took a huge risk. His biggest, according to him, was creating WrestleMania in 1985, the Super Bowl of wrestling. At WrestleMania, his wrestlers met with celebrities to put on the show of shows once a year. You know, it's like, like I said, the Super Bowl of wrestling. McMahon saw more in wrestling and knew he could build a worldwide brand from it, which at the time was very different, right? People had territories. And he said, no, I don't want this to be this little thing. I want to make this this global brand. Today, it's a multi-billion, yes, with a B, dollar business, with WWE being the brand with more social media followers than any other sports brand. At least when I wrote that, that was the truth. It's probably still true today. McMahon's risk not only paid off in huge dividends, but branded him as a pioneer, or as I like to put it, an anomaly. McMahon was also great at creating brands around his characters, specifically Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You can see him right there. Johnson played on a national championship team at the University of Miami, the U, and wanted to be a professional football player, but it never came to fruition, or at least not the way that he wanted it to be. Instead, with a couple of bucks to his name, he turned to wrestling and cemented his legacy on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling. Debate me on that one. With his catchphrases, eyebrow-raising, emblazing microphone skills. The Rock became the anomaly in the WWE. The fans couldn't resist his voice. Johnson, who has lately retired from wrestling, he's probably officially retired at, the, at this point, and moved to Hollywood, as in, like, is in movie star, is one of the highest paid actors in the business, with his movies grossing over $1 billion, with a B. Dollars. The Rock realized that his WWE character could become larger than life, and by setting himself apart from the rest of his wrestling mates, he stood out and became a fan favorite, and his persona was even the bad guy sometimes. He was popular as a bad guy. That's crazy. These brands and personalities are all different than their industry peers. They create raving fans who constantly push their content to their networks and friends by not let me restate that by not doing what everyone else does. You'll stand out and not be lost in the crowd. It's true. Don't do what everyone else does, right? When everyone else has short hair, grow it out and have long hair. Grow a beard, do whatever. After a 12-year career as an airman in the Air Force, Tim Ryan decided it was time to retire from the military. Oh, I'm getting into that like broadcast voice, that fake broadcast voice. Hi, everyone. Good evening. I'm Zach Miller, and thanks for tuning in. This is your nightly news. I, I can't do that. Ryan wanted to become a businessman, and after a short stint in consulting with Booz Allen Hamilton, he took his talents not to South Beach, that's LeBron James, and started his own business, Arcfor. Arcfor is a boutique business agency which consults with businesses to help them improve their web and digital presence through websites, social media, training, business planning, and grant writing. However, even after a storied career in the Air Force, Tim was a nobody in the business community. He needed to find a way to be different, to stand out, and of course, to be the anomaly. So what did Tim do? He decided that instead of reaching out to people saying, hey, buy my thing, he would reach out to them and create a relationship and offer them the opportunity to make the money for any introduction that was sent his way. And it worked wonders. Knowing that his brand and business were in its infancy, he understood that if he could leverage someone else's brand to promote his, he would have a better opportunity to make that relationship worthwhile and grow his business at the same time. So he created a list of influencers that he thought would be a great fit to connect with and did a cold outreach via email, which it said something like this. Hi, 
here it says, hey, I wanted to say hi this time. Hey, what's up? I'm Tim Ryan, and I'm new to business. After my career in the Air Force, I started a business called ARC4. Ultimately, I'm just trying to grow my relationships, and I would love to meet with you and learn about your business. This is how I met this individual. If Ryan felt the conversation was going well after any given connection, he would offer an affiliate package to them. During these conversations, he would say, if you share or introduce me to anyone and we land that piece of business, I would love to give you a piece of the business that was secured. Instead of just saying, buy my thing, he said, let's work together, which made him and his business become an anomaly. At the end of every new meeting, Ryan would ask his guest if there was someone else he should connect with, which allowed him to leverage their name to create a new relationship. So many people don't do that. It's just a, that simple little thing. Hey, is there anyone else I should meet? That right there, like, does wonders. Ryan Williams is the author of the Influencer Economy and the host of the stories and the host of Stories of the Influencer Economy podcast. Williams is a storyteller and has a very unique way of helping businesses, brands, and personalities stand out and become the anomaly. Through interviewing over 100 guests on his show, he started to recognize a trend. Most of the world isn't listening to their own story. Instead, they let others tell it for them which often leads to their story being butchered, incomplete, and even the reason why their goals were not achieved. You know your story because, well, you lived it. Duh. And it needs to be told by you. While Williams was working for several large brands that had been acquired by Disney and Warner Brothers, he discovered they're repeatedly telling the same three stories. That these three stories should always be in your back pocket. Just pull it out when you're ready, like a wallet. The underdog story, the badass authority story, and fixer story. The underdog story is similar to like a TED Talk where you're trying to show that you've been in a rough spot or in life or in the shoes of your listeners. Think of the movie Rudy. Great flick. How come Rudy is never on TV all the time, but Jurassic Park is? Like, is Jurassic Park that like sought after of a, t uh, of a movie that people want to watch? I mean... I don't get it. Jurassic Park is on TV like all the time. Why isn't Rudy? Rudy is a movie that should be on TV more and more and more. I mean, don't you think? I just don't understand. The movie Rudy is so great. Yes, Jurassic Park is also good. But why isn't Rudy on TV more? Rant over. Think of the movie Rudy where an undersized college student wants to walks onto Notre Dame's football team. The underdog story is when you're an outsider and become an insider in David and Goliath, you're an underdog and win. The badass story is showing that you are amazing at what you do. And the fixer story is showing how you solve a problem. Have all these in your back pocket. Why these three stories? Well, there's an opportunity for you to really home in on a story that you know, well, instead of trying to come up with new content every single time. By trying to come up with a new story or angle for each and every time you're interviewed, it can be tough, like tough, tough, tough and rough. By instead homing in on your three stories, you become more confident in your vocal release and others will begin to share the stories as you want them to over and over to help you build clout around those three stories in your back pocket. It makes sense if you think about it. Most famous people, celebrities and A-listers tell the same stories over and over because they're getting in front of a different audience each and every single time. So instead of trying to create new content for every single episode, Williams believes you should have these three in your back pocket. Part three of Anomaly gives you specific techniques to use different platforms to get more eyeballs on you and your business. These methods and techniques detail in the following pages have been provided, proven time and time again. 
almost at part three. Amazing. Roadmap for chapter 22, an Emmett Smith edition. What can you do to be unique? Number two, what are your three stories, aka your underdog authority and fixer story? You know, to really home in, as Ryan Williams said, uh, or I said in this part of the chapter, you know, the real key here is that your content is the constant and that the audience is the variable. So keep saying the same thing over and over and over and over again. Why? Because most of the time that audience isn't seeing the same thing over and over and over and over again. Why? Because they're doing other things. It's wonderful to be, to be, it's wonderful to be in your earbuds. Thank you for listening. And now it's time to uh, take a nap. That was such a good chapter. I, I think I need to take a nap now. So, or maybe a haircut. That's probably better. Get a haircut now. Toodles for now.